0: This is Lab Medicine Rounds, a curated podcast for physicians, laboratory professionals, and students. I'm your host, Justin Kreuter, the bowtie bandit of blood, a transfusion medicine pathologist at Mayo Clinic. Here to talk about serologic testing for COVID-19 is Dr. Ellie Thiel, the director for Infectious Disease Serology Lab and co-director of the Vector-Borne Diseases Service Line at Mayo Clinic. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Thiel.
1: Thank you, Dr. Kreuter. Happy to be here.
0: Oh, wonderful. So I thought we could kind of kick things off and uh, for maybe some of our students that are listening, you know, why why is it important to have a serologic test for this COVID-19 given that we already have these, you know, molecular PCR assays for diagnosis?
1: Uh, Well, that's a great question, but uh, really, it's important because these tests tell us different things. So molecular tests tell us if a patient has the virus at the time of testing, whereas serologic tests are able to tell us if an individual has had the virus or has been infected with the virus at some point in the past. And so these serologic tests are really detecting an immune response to the virus by determining whether or not there are any antibodies present uh, that have developed against the virus.
0: So Dr. Thiel, could you kind of tell us then, how does this apply? How are we going to be using uh, the serologic test in clinical practice?
1: So we are really still learning exactly what place these serologic assays, uh, what roles they're going to play in clinical care. Uh, But, this sort of information can be used um, for a number of applications, including among other things determining what the prevalence of this virus is in the community, uh, given that a significant number of individuals have probably been infected with the virus but had never developed symptoms. And then also, these tests are important for screening potential convalescent plasma donors to see if they've developed an antibody to the virus. And so if they have, that donor plasma can be collected and potentially used as treatment for patients currently battling COVID-19 who may not yet have developed an immune response to the virus.
0: See, So it's really helping uh, with both kind of epidemiology, what's our understanding of this virus in our communities, and then also not just epidemiology, but also therapeutically about who in our community would be an ideal donor to uh, treat our patients that are in our hospitals right now? Exactly. So, Dr. Thiel, when should and when shouldn't we be ordering the, the serologic assay?
1: Um, Well, because it takes time for the immune response to develop and produce a significant level of antibodies that are able to be detected by these assays, and specifically for IgG antibody-based assays, based on our internal um, data, we're really recommending that patients with at least 10 to 11 days of symptoms are tested. Um, Typically, we see over 95% of individuals are positive by these antibody tests after about 14 days of symptom onset. Although, some individuals may seroconvert sooner, whereas others may never seroconvert to positive, um, especially if they're immunosuppressed. So testing an individual prior to about 10 to 11 days of illness onset will most likely lead to a negative result. Um, So it's really important to know the duration of symptoms and then also the general immune status of the patient in order to more accurately interpret um, the results from these antibody tests.
0: I see. So we all, all our listeners really need to pay attention to kind of the local guidance that's being put out uh, and maybe have a a little bit of patience about, um, you know, when they could come up for uh, getting testing done. Um, and that kind of brings me into this next question. You know, you bring up this idea that you know, this test really isn't positive very early in the di- disease course. Could you elaborate then on what are some of the limitations of this, of this test?
1: Um, right. So these, these tests can tell us if an individual has been infected with the virus, but they don't really tell us anything about the level or the duration of protective immunity against reinfection. Um, I think, you know, there's some preliminary studies and case reports that may lead us to assume that an individual with antibodies to the virus is at lower risk for reinfection compared to an individual without antibodies, Uh, but we really haven't definitively proved this yet. Uh, So that's a big question we hope to have at least some answers to over the next few
0: months or so. I see. So we're really in kind of a ongoing learning or continuously learning kind of phase with regard to testing for COVID-19?
1: We are, especially when it comes to serologic assays, you know, exactly what role they play, when they should be used. Um, We're really learning about that uh, as we go day by day. So it's important that everybody keeps... Um, up to date on their local uh, guidance that is being put out by their um, uh, infectious disease and, and um, other staff working on this
0: and, and just if I could ask a clarifying point on that you're recommending people listen to their local um, infectious disease experts because this disease is coming through our communities at different in different rates and prevalence and so that's the reason why they need to listen to what local direction is.
1: Exactly and you know I think there's probably going to be um, evolving and emerging national guidelines hopefully um, soon but until that time comes we really just recommend focusing on what your local area is recommending to do.
0: So uh, now I want to just pivot a little bit maybe to for laboratory medicine professionals uh, who are listening. And I'm sure there are no shortage of challenges that you've been navigating. Um, For our listeners, I've been wanting to bring Dr. Thiel on this podcast for a little bit of time, but as you can imagine, she's been uh, spending her days, nights, and weekends um, working quite hard. I was wondering if you could kind of elaborate on what are those challenges that you've uh, had to navigate with serologic testing for COVID-19?
1: Yeah, well, um, there were a few challenges we had to navigate through, as is the case with any validation or verification project, but we're really highlighted with this one. Um, I think probably the biggest challenge was getting serum samples from patients that were confirmed positive for COVID-19 uh, by a molecular test. And really in the beginning, most of the patients that we were seeing were being tested at the drive through clinics with only an NP swab being collected. Well, we can't do a serology on an NP swab. We really need serum. So unfortunately, it wasn't really until we started seeing hospitalized patients who were having other testing performed on serum that we could really start evaluating the sensitivity of these serologic assays. So that took some time. Um, But we did work very closely and reached out to many of our colleagues in lab medicine across the country um, that were seeing more cases of COVID-19 and asking them for positive samples. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy to say that there was a lot of collegiality and teamwork on both sides to get this testing validated and available to our clinicians.
0: Uh, that's a nice shout out to the laboratory medicine community as a whole. Uh, we are really all working towards that same uh, needs of the patient, meeting that. Uh, when I asked you that question, you started to respond. I, I was kind of... Uh, at first, it didn't make sense why getting samples for the Mayo Clinic when, like you say, we have these drive-throughs. What do you mean we we didn't have samples until you explained that that key point of it, it's really sample type, mm-hmm. you know what what you are going to have available. Where it's, it, it struck me as, of course, um, that it's uh, those are the finer details where you know we can easily get stumbled upon. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So you mentioned that this uh, has really been a a collaborative effort across Mm -hmm. the country uh, to implement this test. And for really everyone to appreciate, I'd just like to maybe hit pause and ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing you know, what implementation of this serologic assay looked like, and and specifically, how does this contrast to, you know, maybe an assay that you brought up uh, last year? You know, I specifically am am wanting to kind of, um, you know, give you a little bit of shout out about uh, the the speed and the hard work that you put in, and uh, I was wondering if you could kind of elaborate on that so our listeners could appreciate all the stuff that had to get uh, done.
1: Yeah well I think it's safe to say that implementation of these antibody tests was unlike any other test um, that I've been a part of. Um, so typically for comparison it takes you know we validate the test within a couple of months and then when it actually comes to being live and orderable it takes many months to sometimes a year. Um, this was validated and implemented within about a three and a half week period Um, so we actually started building the test in our laboratory information system before we even knew what test we were going to be using Um, so we were really trying to stack everything in line so we can go as fast as possible Um, and uh, that really doesn't ever happen during normal times but it was really an all hands on deck type of event from the development technologist evaluating the test to the tech specialist and education specialist and quality specialists getting the lab ready to our supervisors working on staffing and reagent issues i mean the amount of teamwork and dedication that was happening in our lab and really any lab that's working on this was was really incredible although it was not unexpected um so it was definitely a challenge to bring up two serologic tests within a matter of five days, uh, but it was really exciting to see everything come together in really record, record time.
0: <laughs> well, that's an awesome shout out to really our, our medical laboratory scientists, clinical laboratory uh, technologists, uh, our laboratory professionals are, that are working in the lab. Um, that, uh, you know, coming up here on lab week now, that I know many people are having to kind of hit pause on those celebrations, which hopefully will just mean that we celebrate uh, more uh, later. But uh, just a shout out to everybody who works in a lab, whether you are developing a new test or uh, meeting the demands of your patients that are in your hospital today, it is tremendous work that you guys are doing, and, and so important as we see nationally now. A lot of uh, conversation about having these tests and having these answers for our patients, for our physicians to understand uh, mm-hmm. how to treat our patients. So, Doctor Thiel, I was wondering if you could kind of, I, you know, we've talked a lot so far about how this is a really evolving, and, and we're really continuously learning in the situation dynamic, it's evolving. What are some, are there any kind of lessons learned at this point that you think would be worth sharing uh, with the clinicians, the laboratorians, the students that listen to our podcast?
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, one thing that was very interesting or is very interesting with this pandemic is truly the number of serologic tests that were developed and commercially available within like a two, three week period. There's probably over 80. So I think one of the the lessons learned is um, that we, we really need, and some of these tests don't work well. So we really need to rely on our standard practices to very carefully and rigorously evaluate any test um, regardless of whether we're in a pandemic or not. So um, I think kind of sticking to our, to our um, quality values is, is really important even under high stress situations. Um, so I think I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at, at that for, for now.
0: Wow. Uh, you know, you you put the importance on uh, quality and that makes my little bloody banker heart go pitter-patter. <laughs> That's what we live for, is uh, to provide high quality of care um, as the patient needs it. So, uh, Dr. Thiel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a wonderful conversation. It's been an important one to have as uh you know, nationally, this conversations around serologic testing. And, uh, you know, by all means, we really want to have you back um, as we're continuing to learn. As you said, uh, we're learning how and when to be using this test and and some of those nuances on what those interpretations mean. So thank you so much for rounding with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been great.
0: We've been routing with Dr. Thiel, talking about the serologic testing for COVID-19. Thank you for taking the time to discuss this topic with us, Dr. Thiel, and be sure to check out other uh, resources on our show notes. And thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions by email. Please direct any suggestions to MCLeducation at mayo.edu and reference this podcast. If you've enjoyed Lab Medicine Rounds podcast, please subscribe. Until our next rounds together, we encourage you to continue to connect lab medicine and the clinical practice through insightful conversations.